Hey folks, welcome to Hurricane West Virginia, home of the Hurricane 100K Trail Run and Relay. And we are so excited to have this champions interview coming to you today with Abigail West. So on behalf of our events team of Ashley, Brandon, Hager, Stewart's, Robert, Vanessa, and Tara, my name's Matt Young. And this race is made possible by our friends at the City of Hurricane and Mayor Scott Edwards and also the DuMont Tri-County YMCA and a host of local businesses that love our trails and love our community. And we do have the pleasure of bringing Abigail West in this interview with her today. And so let me introduce you to Abigail. Some of you already know her because we did the pre-race interview with her as well. Abigail is 27 years old. She now makes her home in Athens, Georgia. She's a runner and makes a living as an artist, which is a printmaker to be exact. She's married to Michael, three little birds, Ross, <coughs> He's going to love that, too. He's also an artist and a runner who he had the pleasure of spending time with at the Hurricane 100K. She went to University of Georgia, where she majored in fine art. She's been a rower in the past, an athlete for a long time, ran some club teams in college, and then went to road running in Athens, and now finds her way to the love of the trails. She runs for Rabbit Elite Trail in the feed, has some super nice running accomplishments, including the Coosa Backcountry Loop FKT in March of 2023. The Georgia Jewel 50-mile course record, the Rabin Ron course record, which she set two years in a row, has eight wins now on run sign-up, two second-place finishes out of 14 listed on RSU, which means she podiums a lot. And now she is also the Hurricane 100K champion for the ladies in 2023, as well as being fourth overall in a smoking fast time of 10 hours, 33 minutes, and 34 seconds. Abigail, so glad to have you here. How are you? I'm great. That course record went down on Saturday, though, at the Georgia Jewels, but that's just- Did it really? Yeah, by a lot. She was really fast. They had some good weather, but it was raining, so it was kind of like give or take, but yeah, that's that's sports for you. Well, and you know what? It also gives you something to look forward to. So <laughs> you also now, you have the course record- on the Hurricane 100K flow course. So that is something that you can add to your list of accomplishments. <laughs> sure, fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. So so those of you who don't know, it's our second year and we've had two different courses and the plan is to go back and forth. Last year we called the OG, this one we call the flow, which we're gonna talk about the flow and in fact, if it was actually flowy or not. So, but I've got I've got just a handful of warm-up questions. I told Abigail as we got on this. So we did the interview the first time was several months ago and then we got to spend three or four days together at a lot of time and so yeah. it's like we're coming together this time as old friends so this is it has an entirely different feel doesn't it it's great so i do want to we've got a, a handful of just um of these lightning round questions just to get warmed up just a tad because we're already pretty warm now here we go ready <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song and this is a leftover from dinner on thursday night yeah um so i said it was a bit long of a long song, so I might regret that if I actually did karaoke, but American Pie, it's a song that I've known all the words to or, or my own made up version of the words as a kid since I was very little. Um, my sister and I would sing it together. So I think I could do it. I think I could get it. And I think I could get people to join in. I think you probably could, too. So if I started it right now, would you do it? Oh, I don't that that was not part of the question. Matt. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. So, so I love the fact that it's a long when you're not afraid to get out there because one of the answers from from our co-RD, Ashley Ellison, was tequila. And it's like a one-word song. And I said, it's a total cop-out, you know? So going the opposite of this, I like that. It, it takes some courage to do American Pie. I'm with you. 
It's also the ultra right. version, the long one. Heck yeah. So how long is it? Like 11 or 12 minutes, right? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what's one song that when you hear it, you'd immediately start dancing? Oh, uh, that's a tough question. And I'm going to stall because my phone's right here and I can look at the stuff I've been listening to lately. Um, I'm looking, so we have a, I have a playlist on my phone that I just started listening to again the other day. Um, from, so I'm originally from North Central Florida and we've got a river house there and it's a playlist that I had made years ago, uh, to play on the speaker and the, the river house and, and get everybody going. And there's a lot of <laughs> Cat Stevens and Simon and Garfunkel. There's American Pie. Oh gosh. Oh, I don't know. All of these songs. Oh, Born to be Wild. That I danced to that as a little kid. Yeah. Okay. Immediately so start dancing to it. Right, right, right. Good. All right. So everybody's got to have that dance tune. Everybody's got one too. As soon as you hear it, you start to move. Okay. So what'd you have for lunch today? A very rushed uh, wrap with hummus and cheese and vegetables. That's cool. So you are vegetarian, right? We learned that. Yeah. Pescatarian mostly vegetarian right all right so um what is your favorite scene from napoleon dynamite i told you i wasn't going to be prepared for this <laughs> <laughs> and i should have known yeah. that because i i knew this about you from from uh hearing one of the two of the interviews you've done before and then being around you uh for a few days but uh, i i we're, it's gonna have to happen we're gonna have to watch again you know i'm i'm gonna throw michael under the bus we tried to watch it like maybe last year and he just couldn't get into it so we turned yeah. it off but we'll have to try See, again you have to try again i mean plenty of people they they don't know what to think the first time but then the second or third time then then they like it i i, I admit that it was it was an immediate favorite for me so yeah. that just kind of gives you the idea anybody that says it, that sees it and hates it the kind of person you're dealing with here i'm not very smart so it doesn't take much to entertain me okay so that's that's all you need to know you and Michael, you're probably just like way up here. So you need to have something that's going to challenge you a little more. It's not the case with me. Very simple. Very simple. So, all right. Now that's it for the lightning round. So we're a week and a half since the race. Mm -hmm. What does, uh, what's it look, what's the past week and a half look like for you for recovery? How you feeling? Give us an update on you. Um, so pretty good. Uh, I fell once during the, like the most painful thing after the race was the worst chafing of my entire life. Um, I think because I was covering cause it's humid and I was covering myself in ice water so much. Yeah. And the only two other two longer ultras I've done one was 50 miles. And I don't think I've put nearly as much water on myself. Cause I think the aid stations were much less frequently. Whereas at, in hurricane, the aid stations were every three or four miles. So I had a lot of opportunities to just constantly like ice water, ice water. So I never dried off in, and then in the humidity and then at black Canyon, everything it's dry, was dry there. So I could cover myself in ice water, but it, things would dry off. So that was immediately. And then I also fell once during the race. And so my knee was pretty banged up and that's still kind of hurts, but uh, that was just a flesh wound. I actually sprained my ankle. <laughs> so you did um, during the race. Yeah. And I didn't know until the next day. So, so you, did, you didn't run like it either. We didn't know either. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. So I rolled it medially. So towards the middle, maybe around mile 25 or something, 22, 25. Uh, and I remember thinking, ouch, and like hobbling for kind of kind of doing a few steps where you yeah. hobble a little and, and 
make sure everything's okay and everything was fine and then my my foot and ankle were getting stiff later on in the race but that was that was the only sensation I had and then Sunday Monday I could not walk on it so so Monday I did go to urgent care just because I I've um broken bones in the past and people told me I'd be in more pain if they were broken and I wasn't so I don't trust myself on that kind of thing uh anyway nothing is broken I was able to run today so we're good (laughs) but it was a bit questionable there for a little bit I tried to run a few days ago and I couldn't so so today is your first day running yeah okay I did I, I I took the whole week off I rode a bike with with Emily yesterday um and yeah ran today nice that's Emily Cameron or your best friend or good friend now after spending three or four days with her too and she was our she's our adventure photographer her, her photos turned out absolutely phenomenal cannot wait for the video but she has and we're going to look at some of those photos that had her handiwork and and they say you know a picture's worth a thousand words so we're going to look at a few of those and, and have you kind of describe some of what's going on during that time too so mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun so so how would you think about describing the hurricane 100k just try and put the experience for you for that day for the you know for the race you know for the win for being there with michael for being there with your friend emily and just everything you experienced kind of tell us about the the race and the weekend for you yeah well first and foremost we we are telling people now that west virginia is america's best kept secret we've literally been telling people that that (laughs) is awesome we said nobody knows how great it is because everybody from there never leaves. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not true. I'll tell you my story in a little bit. That's I'm sure true. it's not true. I so I, yeah, I'm from a place that nobody's ever been to either, which is Oklahoma. Or I, I grew up there like as a teenager, and uh, yeah, nobody knows what about it either. But it's a little different because it's not as mountainous and and there's not as much uh, you know wilderness to explore. So. That and then just the number of times that we were asked, can I get you anything? And not just at the race, but like when we went out to eat and we went we went out to breakfast in uh, Charleston on Sunday on our way out. And it was the same thing there. Just everybody was so nice and so generous. Uh, and so that just made for an awesome experience. It immediately felt like we were with old friends and heard some stories of you guys sitting around the campfire late late that night when the last finishers were coming in from Emily after we'd gone to bed but uh yeah it was just that that overall made it some the kind of experience that I would definitely recommend to everyone um and and am trying to do that because there's so many factors that go into a race and and the race course and the views and all that stuff play a big part of it but you want to feel like you're part of a community and you want to like I think those hanging out at the finish line after a race after an ultra especially is an experience that like it should be part of your experience. I think you should really be able to enjoy what you've just gone through. And there's a very unique specific bond like that ha- that you get with people who are out there doing it with you and out there supporting you. Um, those are the people that I instantly become friends with. Like I have friends from races I've traveled to and some of them maybe I chatted with for hours after the race and some of them only a little bit, but I still feel like those are my friends for forever since we've been through something like that together. So that's like first and foremost, for sure. Cool. Very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. That is, that is our goal. We say, look, we want when people came and we want them to feel welcomed, appreciated, and loved when they come here. And so that's uh, 
seems like at least for you all, we were able to do that. Yeah. And, and I hope, hope for other folks as well. Um, and then that's also just like people, uh, a message to people, I guess, is to be intentional about that. Right. When you go to a race, like chat with people and hang out at the finish line, even, even if you go to a race by yourself, I'd like, um, I didn't get to chat very much with Raj after the race, but he, like Michael was basically crewing him all day. It sounded oh, like nice. and other people. And so, you know, you, you'll, you'll meet people and people will step up to help you. That's what everybody's there for. If they're not running, they're there to help out. So you can go by yourself and you can still enjoy the, the community. Um, Let me just um, on that one too, it's really Raj and and that whole experience is one of the highlights for me and and it's what i'm going to talk to about at, at some of our meetings with our sponsors and our board because raj came from new york city he's from manhattan wanted to come to west virginia for a race he came by himself and he was our fourth place finisher overall so really came out of nowhere fourth place for men um came out of nowhere didn't expect it and so when he came in, Michael was crewing him. And then on the other side, the other family was crewing him. And, and if he would say, hey, what do you want? And he'd say, I want a Coke. Well, they weren't going to the aid station to get him a Coke. They were getting Cokes. They were getting everything out of their private stash. Right. You know, and every time he came in, they were just taking care of him. Didn't know him before that, but here's a guy on his own. And he, and he needed and wanted help. So they did it. And it was just, a, I've got pictures that I wish I'd have brought some up to, to do that. But it was, it was just an awesome thing to see. And I mean, it warmed my heart because, you know, you didn't have to ask people to do that. You didn't have to encourage them. It just happens, you know? And that's part of what that community is all about. And it's not just, I mean, people from West Virginia and you got Michael from Georgia and, you know, just making it happen. So that Rod, he was a highlight. That whole experience was a highlight for me too. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a selling point for you guys is I know it was his 47th state. He wanted, he's running a race in every state or a marathon. He said a marathon in every state. And this one, he went two marathons and then some, like my friend said, 2.4 marathons. Um, So yeah, get some more people to come and get there. (laughs) One of their last. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Okay. So that's the community. What else? What about the, what about the day for the, in the race for you? Right. So, uh, so it's so hard to sum up. Like when I go and try to write a little Instagram caption after a race or something like that, the longer the race is, the harder it is to do, you know, the harder it is to sum up. You can't like in a shorter race, you can kind of sum it up in a few words, but longer races, you go through many chapters of the race. Uh, So I guess to just kind of walk through it quickly, um, went out it was very humid the most humid lap was the first lap for sure before the sun rose but it was nice being out there in the headlamps like occasionally when you get the switchbacks you can see a long line of headlamps and that's pretty cool and in the it sort of allows for the second lap to be a little different than the first lap um which is good because it turns out that six ten mile laps is a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 62 uh, miles is a lot <laughs> yeah, it is it is oh my gosh I drove this is an aside I drove uh at an art festival in a in a suburb of Atlanta this weekend and it was I plugged in my directions and it was exactly 100 kilometers to drive there and I drove there with my friend on Saturday morning her parents lived there and so she came with me and I was, as we were like three quarters of the way there and I said to her this is gonna be really far 
so like go out and drive somewhere that's exactly 62 miles away and you'll realize how far it is because you don't normally drive somewhere that's exactly that amount normally it's either a little farther a little shorter yeah anyway realized how far it was for sure uh which sounds silly to say but it was my experience Um, no it does it takes a long time and at the end you're like i'm tired how did i do 62 miles i don't know i just did it's that's what's so awesome about it Exactly, exactly so the first lap was was fine i felt pretty relaxed um but i think on come second and third loop though the 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 loop thing the amount of distance the amount of times that i still had to go back around definitely started to get to me a little bit um i yeah i've done loop courses that were like shorter races before where it kind of, I mean, if it's, and again, it comes with experience, but for me at this point in the kind of training I do 50 K is not that far. And so doing a 50 K on loops, isn't such a big deal. Whereas hundred K is no matter what kind of course it is, it's, you have to really be intentional about not thinking about what's to come. And that's, I found myself a little bit challenged by that kind of once I'd gone around once or twice before and was coming around and then processing like okay I still have to do this four more times or three more times or whatever so for me like overall on the day my main limitations were definitely inside my head and I dealt with a lot of like not constructive narratives in in my head and so yeah just a lot of learnings there and things to work on in the future um yeah and then and then it was funny because then the four, my best loop of the day, like how I felt and where I was at mentally and everything was the fourth loop. I had a little bit of, so in the past, I think we talked about this last time, I've struggled a lot with food in ultras or in these longer ultras. So my, oh, there we go. I haven't even seen that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why we're talking about loops. These are your splits. Yeah. That first one was definitely fastest. Um, But you can see where you. And I still don't think it was too fast, even though it was very fast. Like, I think it was okay. I think it was good. You you were, you know, relative to to other runners and where they were coming into it it looked it looked easy for you as well. And then I think, you know, probably, but you can kind of see, you're talking about that fourth loop. You went 133, 138, 145, 144. And so you did have a little pickup in that in that fourth loop too, which I think is pretty cool. Right. And for most people, I mean, there's the there's outliers in in the very top end of the sport among some athletes. And then of course also just in other people and how they choose to approach a race like this. There's some outliers. But in general, most people are getting slower as they go through 100 k Like I don't really think there I don't I don't I mean like I said there's some people who might run the second 50k faster than the first and and I could certainly work on narrowing that margin a little bit between the first and the second half but it doesn't like as a competitor it doesn't really bother me that much the goal is to Good. just try to mitigate that as much as possible but yeah that fourth loop I was like okay you know I've already covered 50k I, I do training runs that are about 30 miles on a regular enough basis that this is like, okay, it's just another, another training run kind of thing. And I got into a really good rhythm. I got picked up my headphones, put some music in. Um, and I was like, okay, great. This is we'll just keep chipping away at it. And then I don't know. I, I So I picked up Michael on the fifth loop, which in general is really helpful for me. And, and he's really wonderful and 
and it's yeah amazing and I, I love it yeah. and I love being with him a lot of the time most of the time um but there's something about it changed my rhythm a little bit and I just like he wanted to run in front of me and I kind of I don't know. It just, it, we didn't, I couldn't really hold on to that rhythm once I picked him up. And then also, you know, you're 40 miles in now and you've just gone a little bit faster because you were feeling good. I I had. And so then I think that kind of took its toll in that loop somewhere midway through that loop. I really like started struggling. And then, and then he wanted to pace the last. So the plan was for him to just pace the fifth loop with me. And then he wanted to pace the last loop with me, which he said when we were like half a mile out of the last aid station coming back in. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> and so he, <laughs> I told him, you can come with me. Okay. So he left with me. And then about a mile and a half out, I was like, I think I need you to pull out at this aid station. I think I need to just like, I'm not going to be faster or slower. Like you're not slowing me down, but, and I might slow down even more. I probably will, but I just need to like go into my own yeah. zone and, get to the finish line alone. And I wanted, it was encouraging me to me in that moment when I told him that I was like, it'd be really nice for me to think you're there at the finish line. Right. And I can come arrive to you. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. He got a little lost yeah. way back down to the finish line. <laughs> we would have found him eventually. You're, the good thing is in our trails, you're never very far. We always say, I always tell people, just head downhill. You end up with civilization. Somebody will find you and bring you back. Okay. So well, don't worry too much about it. He, he saw you Raj know. actually. And that's how he knew he was on the right trail. Cause he was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I never I knew where he was. I'm, I don't, I still don't understand the trails at all. And that's amazing to me that y'all know them all because I was so confused about orientation the whole time. Well, you know, it's, it's when, I mean, a few things, when you do them enough and you build them and then long yeah. before we started building trails up there, I've been running up there for 16 years when they're pipelines and exploring and mm -hmm. bushwhacking. And right. so when Brandon starts building these trails, I mean, I, you know, I knew most of it anyway, so it's a little bit easier. And the more you do it, you know, we know that I know the distance of all of them. So we're out putting our crush run course together now too. And, and so, you know, I could like envision these courses in my head, but let's, let's kind of go back to, a couple of rules for pacers here, you know, and I think that I think this is an important thing. Number one rule is, at least for me, is the pacer follows. They sound like you're setting the pace, but you're not. The pacer has got to be behind and let the runner do what they need to do. Walk when you want to walk, run when you want to run, get that rhythm and stay in it. And then rule number two is the runner is always right. I mean, you, you can do things in their in their best interest, but if they say, look, it's done. This is what this is what I need right now. Kind of sounds kind of selfish, but you know, Michael did his job. He's out there for you and he did it. So that's what I told him afterwards is that I found myself inherently, you know, he's my partner in life. And I, I, when we run in the mountains together, I'm at this point, I'm much a good bit fitter than he is. I train a lot more right now. And so I'm always having to sort of check in with him and make sure that he's okay and always be a little like concerned for his well being. And I found myself sort of automatically doing that a little bit. And I, I realized I was like, this is not any other time. That's fine. That's good. This is the one time when I need to not be thinking about that. And it was like kind of automatic. And I think I'm not saying that I don't want him to pace me in the future. I just, we, I have something that we'll have to like talk about a little bit more. I know some people don't like to be paced by their life partners. Um, he really enjoys it. And so it's meaningful to me that he, feels like he can contribute in that way. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, and, and in the past I have, like the first time he paced me 
at that race a year ago, I wanted him to go in front because I was like super depleted and I, it was, he was getting me to keep running. Like him going in front was making me continue to run instead of walking, but that wasn't my problem at hurricane. Like I ran the whole thing pretty much. And so I need, yeah, it just, it varies race to race, I think, but it as a good rule of thumb, probably for most people, yeah. Runner going first, unless you have a specific goal like that, like keep me running. You need to set the pace. Right. Right. And you know, it is, but it it's, um, you, you learn those things and you kind of, you kind of learn it over time. It is tough. I think with, you know, with the spouse, because my wife, I'm sure is going to watch this and she's paced me a couple of times and, and it's, it's on both ends, you know, it's like, um, at the same time, she doesn't, she wants to make sure that I have everything I need. And if she thinks she's not doing it, then she's, she's, she's kind of insecure about that as well. So it is a tough thing to, to pace a spouse. Um, you really, but it is to meaningful to, if you can try to figure it out, it's of course really meaningful it is. to commit an insane amount of my like life energy to running. And so to be able to have your spouse be a part of that, if yeah. you can in some way is, is pretty cool. I think it, it makes it all it a little contextualized in, in the greater context of one's life. Cause we, yeah, no matter what level you're at, you're devoting a lot of your, your life force to an ultra, at least for a short amount of time. 100% in agreement. It's just finding, finding that, that balance in there too. So very good. So, you know, and, and the other thing too, when you kind of talk about, about the loops, it, it could be the loop. It's also, you know, I, I always say that in any race, any long distance race, and I'd say mostly longer than 50 K the first half of the race, you're always kind of counting up. And then the second half of the race, I'm counting yes. down and it always makes it easier. And so when you're talking about struggling in that second, third loop, and then the fourth is better, you're over that halfway. I mean, because I've had plenty of thoughts like this too. I'm 30 miles into this and I have 70 miles to go and I'm already tired. And it's such a terrible thought and you can't do it, but that whether it's a loop or not, that's just where you are in those middle miles of a race for that sure. makes it so difficult. For sure. And and for me too, like without spending too much time on it, I, you know, I, it's, and it was a different course, but it's like really easy when you don't have, like, if, if your goal is, like, if my goal is to win a race and I don't have a lot of competition around me, then all I have to go off of is is people's times and my own previous times at other events. And none of that stuff is really relevant <laughs> or constructive. And I realized that, like, later in the race. It's like, wow, I'm doing a lot of mental gymnastics in comparison here that's actually not constructive. Like, it's it's mm -hmm. cool if you run a faster time than you did at some other race or if you run a faster time than somebody else that's that's exciting but it's not actually factually relevant on the day and so yeah that that, that helped that I think held me back a little bit with those kinds of things so just all that stuff we we're talking about is like was all playing into it for me it, it is it, it is a physical activity but it's a mental discipline there's no doubt about that yeah. so when did you when did you think I'm gonna I'm gonna win this thing when did that hit you? Um, I honestly wasn't thinking about that that much. Um, so I let, I ran with Chris for the first four miles and I let her lead and maybe she didn't like me running right behind her. We had a little train of people. So she was yeah. in the front of the train. I was in second. There were a couple of guys behind us. Um, I think we we're running the relay. And since so she just pulled off the trail, I didn't really get to talk to her a whole lot after the race. 
but yeah, she just like pulled off to the side of the trail, let me pass. I was like, okay, bye. And that was the last I saw of her. I actually saw her two other times on the course at points that were very confusing to me where we were like on two separate trails next to each other going opposite directions. And I was like, I have no idea what that means and how far behind me she is. So that kind of was like, I was like, how far behind me is she? And and I kind of wanted yeah. to know, but then I was like, well, I don't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. And then I, at one point, I guess when I picked up Michael, asked him where the other women were and he didn't really know exactly, but he was like, he was like, do you even want to know? Are you sure you want to know? And I was like, yeah, I want to know. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you know, they're, they're having this, that, and the other struggles, each of them in their own way. And yeah, I think when I saw Chris going the other way, she was walking and yeah. So I wasn't really, like I said, I was more caught up with those times and like what time markers I would hit and stuff like that, which was not helpful, but it was kind of all I had to go off of. Um, I guess that's that's my answer to your question yeah got it got it well you know it was um i mean you you had a you had a pretty good you had a pretty good lead so but also i know that you know you still want to do as as well as you can so you were still pushing yeah um but i just didn't know when it when it dawned on you that you know this is probably my race as long as i can you know hold it together yeah and it was much more so my i think i touched on this before but my main goal like my top priority in this race was to try to fuel all the way to the end and so I was focused more on that in terms of like how's my stomach and can I keep eating till then like that I was that was my race with myself was eating <laughs> how was it how'd you do with your stomach in the I humidity did, it did well um it felt a little bad like mile 25 to 30 and it like started to turn like it always does where when I'm running downhill, it starts to hurt. Oh, nice. Thanks. Um, where, sorry, where I'm was running downhill, it started to hurt, but then I would just take it a little easier on the climbs. And then I had some ginger ale at an aid station, started drinking that and it was fine. And I had to force every single gel in that I took. Not, I did not want to take a single one of them. I was grumpy every time it was a half hour and time to take another gel, <laughs> but I took them. So, so you were doing half hour intervals with gels and when, when did you bring in solid foods? Just, I take, I spring energy, uh, awesome sauce and precision, 30 gram, 30 grams of carbs in each one. That was it. No solid that food. Was, yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, 10 and a half hours. Isn't that long for that? I don't think like, yeah. I feel like in a, you add on a few more hours to that and then maybe you start needing other solid foods, but for that mm -hmm. it, it's fine. Yeah everybody's a little different than that too some people just that's want true. it because it sounds good that's true nothing <laughs> so i don't want to eat when i'm running when i'm racing it's yeah just, just a challenge well so um overall was it was it harder than you expected easier than you expected did did it match expectations do you even have expectations coming into it um i try to limit expectations it was harder, like the mental, those mental gymnastics I was talking about, that was more challenging than I anticipated. Um, I think I also thought that if I ate better than I have in the past, that I would run faster than I have in the past, which I didn't. But again, that's due to so many factors. I definitely was a lot more like present and went across the finish line. Michael and Emily, who were both there with me and Black Canyon were like, oh, you're, you're a human still, as opposed to yeah. like those. Um, so yeah, no, not, not a lot of expectations. Uh, I had like a little hip niggle 
the two weeks leading into the race. And at one point I was, had me really nervous. And so I wasn't, I wasn't super anxious about the race going into it. I was just anxious about being able to run healthy for hundred K. And so then I was just relieved to be able to do that. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. my, my cool. mindset. I try to keep it simple. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's take a look at some pictures. If you want to, we're going to bring in Michael too and, and uh, see if we can get some, some input from him. I'm going to share my screen again and uh, we'll look at a few of these too and just kind of talk a little bit about, we don't have to necessarily, you know, go in detail about every one of them, but I, I really like to show them because, you know, it's, it's there's so many of them that are so cool. And, um, and so we had this little backdrop and starting out with you and um, pictures the night before, which was on our part, we were supposed to have this at the finish line and completely forgot to put it back up So <laughs> all day long. Like after the sun went down, I went, where's our backdrop? I've completely left it. So it was pretty cool. They're running all day at the Hurricane 100K. And so there's your, with your bib. I love this one too. You know, there's your 5051 and our Appalachian timing group. And then there you go. So there's Michael. Is Michael going to join us someday? Let me, let me, let me go get him. Yeah. Michael. Let me run over and get him. He didn't answer his phone. Hold on just a second. Oh, sure. He's a little sweaty. He's going to grab a chair first, though. So. Okay. He had his music playing too loudly to hear me, I think. Gotcha. Okay. No, I'm fine. It's casual. Oh, we're all wearing t-shirts. I was trying to wear my Ask Me t-shirts. People could see it, but I can't really see it on the screen. These are our volunteer shirts. And the idea is that, yeah, you know, I told everybody, I said our, our volunteer meeting, we got a chance. I said, you know, they kind of, we had aid station captain, or we have captains of different areas. And then they were kind of responsible for the crew and a volunteer coordinator, which was um, Tara. But at the meeting, I said, look, you know, you've, you've kind of got your assignments and just own those areas. You know, you've got some experience doing it, own it and just make it happen. Like it's your, like it is your own. But I said, there's two things you got to be able to do. Number one, I'm asking to smile all day and as much as possible and say yes, as much as possible. So when people, if you have trouble saying yes, then send them to me or send them to Ashley and we'll take care of them. And so that was one of the goals throughout the day for our volunteers. But Michael, we've got these pictures showing up here too. We got the two lovebirds there with the, um, you know, with their with their bibs, just getting rid. This is the night before at the race at right. the packet pickup. That is. Where did you all go to eat the night before? Uh, we went to Bridge. Did you? Nice. Yeah, that's right. We saw you there afterwards. We got the fried rice. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bridge is one of our local favorites, so we um got you some money to spend there too as part of yeah, bringing in here. Have, so uh, twelve dollars left on that card. Oh. Drop well, it in the mail to me. I'll take that. Oh, you're coming back. Okay. You're back and spend 12 bucks. That's even better. Yeah. So nice. the morning of, how do you feel the morning of a race like this? I mean, that smile says you're excited and say you're too nervous. Yeah. You know, the longer the race, the less nervous before. Really? My experience. Yeah. With the shorter races, you know, you're going to be going pretty hard right off the gun and there's something nerve, nerve wracking about that. I think Michael would agree with that. Michael's the most nervous before a one mile race um whereas in this race it's like you're just gonna be jogging for the first 10 20 30 miles so yeah. fine yeah you were you were all smiles and we had a 6 a.m start so it was dark everybody had their headlamps on it was cool watching the headlamps actually work their way out and through yeah. the woods yeah that was really beautiful 
So this looks like a happy face too. Yeah, that's a can't help myself but make a funny face at Emily when I run past. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's late. That might be later on in the race. I'm not sure. You're um, pretty sweaty there. So I think it probably is. Yeah, that's all that that ice water too that gave me all the chafing that I mentioned. Oh yeah. That was <laughs> the worst. That, that was the worst I've ever seen. I felt about it. Yeah. So my my worst chafing a few years ago, I had I had a so two lessons I've learned in running. One is never start a race with a hole in your shoes. And because I've had to duct duct tape shoes again, I'm like, oh, they'll hold together one more run, you know, and they bust out and you're duct taping them and then never start a race with a hole in your shorts. Cause I had some that blew out and it was like, I was running a skirt. I was trying to tuck them down between my legs. So I wouldn't get the chafing. The chafing was so bad at the finish line. I was sitting there between the sweat and the blood. I had blood dripping from the chafing on my legs. It was awful. Oh, man. I, and there's actually, there's visual evidence of it, but I never share it and show it to anybody because it, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's, 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 you know, it's like a, you know, it's a shot where nobody wants to see anyways. Yeah. So well, anyways, yeah, I didn't rough. get to that point. I was aware that the chafing was happening with maybe 15 miles to go, but it, at that point, like, you know, you're not going to, if you're, if it was like a hundred miler or something, you might stop and deal with it. But I was like, hey, it's fine. I'm just, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is you know, the running is more important. And then afterwards second guess that, but and then you get in the shower and you know what you've done to yourself. That's all right. Just expect it. Yeah. This was at the this was at the mid-course aid station coming in from Sizemore. You can tell from the direction and picture there too, which is this was, you know, heading out and heading down Madam Bomb. So that's that's that one kind of downhill. Did you enjoy that section? Uh yeah, that's coming out of is that the that's the first time through? That's the first the aid station coming through. Yeah. yeah, where you head downhill. Yeah, yeah. That that Yes, and also that was the hardest section of the course each time was between the between the aid station, so mile like three to seven on each loop. Yeah. Because you can get it's like you you break up an ultra by aid stations and by in this case by loops. So each time you're coming out of the main aid station, you feel fresh and you're like, All right, let's do another loop, let's get it. And then you come to and it's like you get to the aid station, it's only two point seven five miles, whatever it was. To that aid station and then with the last section too, the last three or four miles of the loop you know you're coming back into the main aid station where all the hype is so that middle section which yes it's downhill right there but then it's also uphill a lot oh yeah uh, yeah yeah was, was a little challenging but but this part was, was still fun <laughs> that part is fun it, it's a great way to go down in but i'll tell you it's a grind when you do it the opposite direction when you come up out of there I bet. so <laughs> Because people would say to me, oh, that's tough. Send them up wheelbilly. Wheelbilly is entirely runnable on the way out for me for like one or two loops. So I can, I can run out of there. I don't run out of Adam Bond. So it's just kind of, but you can see kind of some of the flagging there too. But that looks like fun. I love going down that section too. It's one of my favorites. That's why it's in there as well. So <laughs> here's another one. So this must've been loop. This must've been loop five because you're coming up through the wildflowers coming up out of size more and you got Michael in tow there. Yeah. So, Michael, give us a perspective, um, your perspective from from pacing her. Um, in general, I mean, she she was strong, like she didn't really need me. Um, I paced her a bunch of times now, especially in the last year on some longer distances. And I think this was the first one. First of all, she'd already done the section four times before she met me. So there was nothing new to discover for her um rather there was for him yeah and 
<laughs> I mean, it was a tough course. Just one 10, 10 and change loop was, I was pretty tired at the end of one loop, at the end of her fifth. So, um, what was the question? Well, she ran that fifth loop in one fifty four. So you're doing, you're doing about, um, you're doing about an 11 minute mile on, on that section. And, you know, I mean, with 1400 feet of, of climbing per loop, you know, with kind of the rolling part, that's not, I mean, that's not jump change. That's, that's moving on all that too. And that includes eight station stops as well. So she, she was dragging it through there, Michael. No wonder you was kind of tough on her. She was moving. Photo, I was asked to step aside. I was, I was leading her most of the time. There's a series of photos. You can see him come in and then move over. And Emily, yeah. <laughs> Emily yelled at him. <laughs> I mean, the nature of a pacer is to be, is to be sort of behind the scenes and hidden. He said so, yeah, he, right. our whole conversation earlier about pacers, but he said that in his experience, pacers should run after the runner. But I said that I think it varies depending on, based on our experience, it depends on the situation. So yeah. in the future, we might, you might just run behind me and it might be a little. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's whatever yeah. you want. As, as the other thing we said that's the number that's the number one rule of pacing is whatever the runner wants you just kind of do and and say and right. make sure they stay intact you know i agree with that yeah i mean and and to not be offended when they're not as polite as they would be on a normal day the, the worst i've ever yelled at michael has been when i'm pace when he's pacing me and i it seems like i'm always with you so by some maybe it's just the point in the race ironically i i fall and when you fall late in an ultra, especially when it's humid, you often something will cramp. And like, I remember this happened once in a race. I, my leg cramped really badly and you went to like touch it and I screamed at you. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that too. Never, that's not something that I've ever done before. Yeah. And I, I've also been told to stop talking. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was the same day. It's that other but uh, not, not as uh, nicely as I just related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm putting my music in now, Michael. So right. <laughs> you can stop talking. Yeah. And if you and then it's like, yeah, just a lot. So it's good. It's good. Direct. I'd rather have direct than um, subtle, you know? No, no, that's right. That's right. You know, um, I've, I've got some great friends that have crewed and paced and they're a whole lot nicer and kinder than I am. And and I'm I'm embarrassed sometimes for what I've done and said to people, including my children, throwing water bottles at them and Gatorade. I'm like, oh my gosh, I... I cried going up a hill one time after I left them because I was I was like, what a freaking jerk you are. <laughs> I was weepy. I, was, I'm, I embarrass myself all the time. <laughs> it just oh. happens, you know. Well, I'll, I, I will say, I mean, is running running those races is hard. I've never run one that far. And I all is forgiven before it's even started. So, yeah. Well, they, they seem to, too, but I still feel terrible. So, but you guys, you'll, you'll, you'll have many more, many more to go and you're learning it all. So I love that picture though. This one, yeah. it's just some masterful work by Emily, you know, to, to catch, to catch both the water and ice water and, and saliva coming off the chin. This is great. Yeah. 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 You can, you can feel the texture yeah. of the water saliva. It's like, and the intensity and the, and the determination also. I believe that is at um, at their main aid station, and um, it had to have been there when it came in. Probably after that, you know, fourth or fifth loop before that last one. I mean, this it looks like somebody's got a loop to go in a just ten miles to go after fifty miles. You know, any idea what you were thinking or feeling right here? That's what I mean. Already, what you guys just said—that's what it feels like. It's kind of like you can't. You're not. I'm not looking at whatever's in front of me. I'm kind of like okay get in here let's get out of here 
close it out. So fast at aid stations that I have to catch up with her because I want to have a little snack. <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, we'll kind of kind of get into this. I mean, this is this is you all were out there together again. Michael, let you in the back, and we had some great fit pictures with the American flag in the background. And you know, I love this one. It's it's a nice section of the course. You're just kind of cruising through there. One last little hill before you hit the downhill. But what a beautiful picture that is. Yeah. yeah. I think Emily was laying on the ground for that one. And I like almost had to jump over her. It was pretty funny. So I, I meant to ask was. you. Yeah, yeah. I meant to ask you. There were there were a lot. There was seemed like a part, I mean, a part of the trail was a memorial to fallen soldiers and Marines. Is are they from West Virginia or is there a particular story? They, they were all individual. So I'm not I'm not going to get it right. There is a story behind it. And I'll have to have to share with you. But the the this American flag was put up by uh, Matt Stevens, one of our you know contributors to the trail, one of our faithful MMTA contributors. And Star Spangled Stevens was the the trail that you're on, and he's in the Air Force and Special Forces. And so that was a tribute. That was a tribute after an attack where there were 13 soldiers that were killed, and. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, but it's been within the recent history. And so each of those soldiers were killed in that attack. And so he has the tribute up there for them. But Matt is one of our, our veterans and military guys. And so he's patriotic. And of course, that's why we have the, the American flag there as well. Yeah. But we have a few American flags. There's also one right before you started heading downhill that was that's up there from one of our um one of our community members for a veteran for her his wife's um veteran father. Hmm. so yeah emily was, was laying down there she's also being escorted by brandon around on the side by side making sure she got all the right hot spots there too so it was pretty cool all right <laughs> this is finish line there's that busted knee tell us about that busted knee that you were talking about earlier and your metal around your neck and it looks like discovering some chafing on your back too i think i'm something i think something is cramping is what's happening yeah. here. i think that's like a i was gonna try to stand up and then forget about it yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I fell once um and that's where the knee came from it still looks pretty gross um <laughs> uh I couldn't get the dirt out of it one of the volunteers who was a nurse had to come wash it out for me um yeah this is like a that I shared a series of these photos and wrote a little a little uh brief description of each one saying yeah the finish line emotions and it's a range of emotions but mostly just being really happy to sit down and then yeah so i i saw that i think it's a great thing so you know if you had to if you had to put a, put a word with this picture what would that word be or or a sentence like i said i think this is realizing i think this is something cramping so it's like right. a, yeah right so like there's joy this is, this is like two seconds later right it's like the it's yeah, kind of right. just all of the emotions it's at all once. of it. it's, it's the pain and the and the like the deep relief that yeah. you just finished and the happiness and none of the pain really matters it's kind of like eh, you just get to sit here i don't really care no that's that's a beautiful that's a beautiful um ear-to-ear -ear smile right there too so yeah. clearly a high five coming to somebody and from somebody <laughs> i love this one yeah. somebody said something funny I said in the caption on this one, it's just like everything's kind of funny. Your your brain scrambled. <laughs> Probably asked you if you wanted a ginger ale. This is this is your response. Um, 
I love this one too. You know, there's our friend Jake, Jake yeah. Canadian Bacon Moreau. He had he had finished just just a little bit. Uh, probably was our third place overall and third place male. And we got all got to be good friends. We all had dinner together that Thursday night, and how much fun that was. What this photo doesn't show is that he also fell and scraped up his knee, but it's just the other knee. And being the nice Canadian that he is, refused help on his, whereas I had like taken the, the help from the nurse. The nurse was right there and he's like, yeah. He's like, no, 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 I'm fine. If, if you help me, I'll have to apologize the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he would, he would do that. He was dirty. Yeah, you can see his his left side was filthy where I think he fell in like the first loop or so. Never rinsed it off the whole time. He came back in, I said, you fell again. He said, no, that's still the same dirt. I said, oh, okay, you know, it's uh, Jake and, and uh, his sister Amy were, were a highlight of the race yeah um for us to great spending the time with them see some kids running up here in the background great thing man there were kids and families all over the place all day long yeah. so much fun and what's so cool about that is them seeing just all these hardcore runners out there just you know doing things that are hard and you know so much of our culture is we do everything we can to increase comfort and convenience and that is the exact opposite of what you do in these long distance races that races you subject yourself to very hard difficult things and you realize how much better off your life is for doing it you know and so i think it's i think it's so much it's so good to see so many families around witnessing that too yeah there we go <laughs> do you have a caption for this one Oh, I don't know. You? I'm just proud of you, and you're happy. You're happy that I'm coherent and. I'm happy done. that yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm relieved, and you're happy. <laughs> Relief. And you're so, mom, who is the most relieved of anyone. <laughs> I, while, while we're on this picture, why don't you give a shout out to the trail creatures there? I mean, that's a big, you've got a great story around that too. Yeah, that's our, our trail running group here in Athens. Um, been a little less active lately. It's kind of on on me, but we've got it. We've been going for a couple of years now, trying to introduce more folks to our local trails here in Athens, Georgia, as well as taking them up to the North Georgia mountains and occasionally up into North Carolina. I, th I think the premise is almost, it's like a lot of runners, it doesn't even occur to them to run on trails, much less up in the mountains because it's it's almost like, too intimidating it's, you need yeah. a guy like you need somebody to introduce you to the mountains. i only learned about mountain running because of michael and a couple of our other friends and, and I he learned only about learned it. about it from them too from yeah. friends and so it's something that it's like really has to be shown to you that you can go run like people might run on their local trails but but, but to take a 10 mile loop in on the appalachian trail or some of the local yeah. mountain trails it's it's sort of a little intimidating if you don't have a precedent yeah and so if we go out there as a group then everybody has a buddy and we have a really fun barbecue or whatever picnic afterwards it takes the pressure off it there's different yeah. pace groups some people are hiking some people are running with her yeah yeah you know i've i've done some little trail workshops and trail classes before and if i ask people said you know what's your number one fear about about trail running it's typically um is falling is one but number two is always is getting lost yeah. And so people are just scared to death that they're going to get out there on their own, get lost and not be able to find their way back. And so what you're doing there is, is great because those are real fears that people have. It's not like the same about running around your neighborhood. You don't have those same fears. So just having somebody to escort them out there, I think is, is pretty sweet and a big deal. 
Yeah. Great idea. And that's what I think long-term, you know, I don't live in a, a mountain town, but we're not very far away. And when I envision long-term us staying here, which we're in our house that we're rebuilding right now, uh, long when I think of five, 10, 20 years down the road, I'm like, well, I just need a trail community. So that was a big push to get trail creatures started. Even if it ebbs and flows how, how often we meet, it's still, the goal is to have that foundation. So yeah, keep on. absolutely. Very cool. So there you are with Holly Ann Swan too. Teammates, but got to be friends this weekend. Yeah, it was great to meet her in person. So what you see here, the two course record holders, uh, Holly Ann won last year, the inaugural Hurricane 100K. She ran a smoking fast 930 on the OG course, which I thought was a harder course, um, but it did not translate that way. The people that run both think that the flow just as hard, but I do have a theory that it was, it was more runnable. So when it's more runnable, you run more, which makes it hard, no matter what it is, no matter what the course is, it's always going to be hard because you're going to be going at that, at that effort that is hard enough that you're, you know, and just below the effort where you're going to be redlining. And so no matter what, it's going to be difficult, two different course characteristics. So, but yeah, I have you, no both, you both have a course record to your name now. I have no idea how she ran as fast as she did. Uh, especially because she was pregnant and didn't know it yet. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but she, I talked to her about it because I was like, how did you do that? And and one, she was such as in the best shape of her life. I mean, obviously she's just super talented athlete. She's got a background in running that like, I don't have anything like her background. It's, it's very impressive. Um, and she was really riding a high, but uh, yeah, it was, it was great to connect with her and we've, we've got our teammates all over the country. So I think she enjoyed that we were, we came out to her essentially backyard. To yeah. And she had some experience on that course too, but she, yeah, she's fun. super talented in, and, you know, love to see um, all of your team out here running next year and really, really duking it out. I mean, the goal is to make this a, a you know, talented event um, full so that got some real competition, bring the best out of each of you. Let's get a little rabbit relay team. Yeah, I wanted to do that. I, my yeah, my idea was if, well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens next year. Yeah, here you are on the podium. So, Abigail West, number one on our stump here, which had been since the very very first race, we've used these stumps as our podiums. Nice. And we have Chris second place on a thousand dollars. You won two thousand dollars, and then we have Alondra Moody with her five hundred. So. Just three very fast, very talented women, and we want a we want a whole field full of you all out here running and making this uh, something that everyone wants to come to and run and compete. Know it's hard, but also that you get treated very very well when you come, and that you're welcomed, appreciated, and loved. And we want to have you here. So hopefully that gets conveyed. Well, it it was for us, and we're telling people about it, and we'll keep telling people about it. And I think I think it has a lot of potential to grow and. You guys are really committed to it, so just just keep doing what you're doing. It was a you know. highlight weekend of the year. <laughs> Thank you. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It was great. It's uh, yeah, yeah. We we even on our way out, we stopped at a restaurant in Charleston. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, everyone's. It's like West Virginia is the best kept secret in the country, so I won't tell too many people about it. But but uh, yeah, you, but, guys, you know. And we do say, look, you know, we, we, you know, they, they talk about tourism dollars coming in all the time, especially like New River Gorge area, which is great for whitewater rafting. But, 
when we get a chance to talk, I said, look, you know, we'll take your weekend tourism dollars, but what we really want, we want you to come here and live. You know, we want to be a, a known as a place where it's great to raise a family with great activities and you can work and the standard of living is good and the cost of living is low. We want you to come here and live. And we want it to be known as a place that that's that, that this is a great place to be. And for us in our community, having these trails, man, it's an attribute that if you're into that sort of thing, man, it's here because the best kept secret, and we're right on 64, 77, and 79, all come through Charleston, West Virginia. We're within five hours of the majority of the population of the United States. Super easy to get here for most people. Yeah. And and we're not very far from major met metropolitan areas like, you know, Charlotte, Columbus, D.C., Cincinnati, um, you know, Louisville, Lexington, Nashville, Knoxville, you name it. It's um, Pittsburgh. It's all close by. So I hope that people get that, too. Uh, so Emily was so proud of this picture. I'm not sure how she did it with that little heart, but she did somehow. And that looks really cool. She, uh, she wanted to experiment with this new technique, new to her technique. And so she pulled us over and I'm on the phone with my sister talking about the race. And so as I'm holding my phone up to my ear, but yeah, she, she did took a bunch of takes and then got it right. And then went over and back to the finish line and, I think I'll try to apply the technique there as well. So is that, is that something that you, were you holding that something in your hand, Michael? Is that what was going on? Yeah, it's the, it's the red feature on my headlight. Okay. Did you draw a heart with it and tend to draw a heart with it? Or did she do that herself? She it with so the camera. She, wow. she, in a long exposure, moved the camera like that. Yeah. Wow. It took a, it That's took a awesome. Before it worked. Well, you, you can see because, you know, you got the hearts here. I mean, you, you have the very clear one, but then you have them all in the background. That's, re that's really pretty awesome. Yeah, this is kind of an afterglow. Emily was talking about, you know, I, I mean, uh, we're creating some more artistic photographs as well as the more simply documentary photographs, creating a balance between the two. I think she succeeded in that. Yeah, it's really neat. I want to show this one too. I love this picture of the, of, you know, the two of you and, and then Ashley and I. So um, Ashley is the co-chair of our events team. There's, there are eight of us on that team. We have an 11 member board um, for Meeks Mountain Trail Alliance and eight on our events team. And so she and I are the co-chairs. So I, you know, I do most of this stuff, but you know, it always is, there's always somebody behind the scenes and Ashley does so, so much work. And, and the kind of the, the running joke is people ask her if she's running the hundred K and I always say, no, she's running the hundred K, meaning somebody has got to be doing, you know, doing all the work. And so, you know, throughout the year in, the, in these races is, I'm not going to say it's a year long effort, but there there's work that goes on pretty much year round and leading up to it. And she's, does the majority of the sponsorships and writing and social media and ideas. And when it comes to doing work, I said, she is, she's a workhorse. She gets all kinds of things done and always very grateful to do it. And quickly when, when asked and then just takes initiative. And that's, you know, I think in our community, we are very, we're very blessed to have a lot of that, but also to have people that you can depend on when the time gets, because, you know, you put on an event like this, it's a, it's a production. It's a lot of work and it takes people dedicated to doing it. And we're very blessed to, to have a lot of those here, but you know, Ashley's she's, when it comes to the races, she's number one for doing all that too. So, um, so make sure that folks see or know that there, there's more than just the person doing the interviews. <clears throat> we have a great team and, um, and you all saw that too. 
volunteers probably had 60 volunteers out there that day, maybe 70. I don't know. So that's it for those pictures, man. Pretty, uh, pretty good. Any, any other last closing comments on the pictures before we close it out? I don't think so. Emily did great. I can't wait to see the video. Yeah. Man, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's going to be awesome. And, um, you know, we asked her to just help to tell her story. So I think she's, she's going to do that and it'll be fun to watch. So yeah. Abigail, what's next for you? So I've been waiting to see how I fell and how my ankle was. I was able to run today because the, the doctor, they don't really know, right? They're not, he wasn't a runner. He was making all the typical jokes about ultra running. Like, I don't want to drive that far. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can, without doing like a more detailed scan, they wouldn't really know. So, um, because it's the first time I ever sprained my ankle. So I was a little uncertain about the recovery, but I was able to run today. It felt fine. Going to be cautious about getting back on a single track. I said my, it felt fine. But what I meant is my ankle felt fine. I felt like I was a sack of bricks running. <laughs> Um, part of that is probably because I rode yesterday and I haven't been riding much. And so my body's a little bit like what bicycle, but the plan, assuming I recover well and everything goes smoothly is to go for the scar FKT, the Smokies Traverse, um, the second week of October. Uh, we shall see. That's something very different. I'm after, as soon as I finished the hurricane hundred K, I was, very stoked to get back to the mountains. I haven't really done any true longer mountain ultras. They've all been more runnable, just sort of by happenstance the way it's been since I'm pretty new to it. And I'm really excited about spending a little more time out there and doing things where you have to hike and then playing to one of my strengths, which is usually more technical running. And uh, yeah, so we'll see about that. And then I want to do another longer FKT, hopefully in the springtime also down here. How far is the scar? 70 miles with 18,000 feet of climbing. Yeah. So a little bit more than what we just did. Um, but yeah. And, and I, I just think I'm excited about FKTs. I've traveled a little bit lately to race and it's been humbling <laughs> to say the least. And I just think like my focus a lot in my work professionally as an artist is on Southeastern landscapes. And I think that they're, I mean, they are underrepresented in the outdoors industry. Just in general, our sport is very focused on big mountains like out West and in Europe, et cetera. And I love the trails here. I love the, you know, these mountains and in, in like the national park, for instance, you can't, put on a race there so the only way to go for something is to go for an fkt and so all those things just excite me about changing it up a little bit and doing doing some of that stuff it's going to be fun to watch and watch and see how it goes for you and it'll be a well, it's totally out of my comfort zone or out of my like experience zone all of it's out of my comfort zone um <laughs> so so it'll be it, no matter how it goes i'll learn a lot Absolutely. Well, and that's the case with all of these, you know, yeah. always something to learn, always something to be humbled by. Even if you think you're good, at some point you're going to realize you're not as good as you think you were. And, so, and it's a big, it's a big world out there too. 
So I, you know, it's been, this has been great. And I would, I would say that, you know, for our team, you know, because we do consider you, you know, one of our elite runners. And so you've got a new fan, you've got a new fan in me, you've got a new fan in our team for both of you. And Mikey, you weren't here, but we called you Michael three little bird Ross is your, is your new introduction to. So there's a story. <laughs> there's a story. <laughs> did you play it this morning to get him out of bed? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to be about a you're be about nine people on this on this planet. They're going to get that joke, but we'll leave it at that. Maybe next year we'll talk. We'll good talk way to start it. your mornings. It is a good way to start your morning. Let's just put it that way. It's a good way to get you out of bed, right? Yeah. With little three little birds playing. So next, but next year as our champion, as our returning champion, um, you get a free entry to the race. So we do hope you come back. Um, we're also going to give you three nights at our host hotel, the Wyndham, uh, the Wingate by Wyndham, and also give you some money to spend at Bridge, our our favorite local restaurant, and um, and hope that you do come back and and run again. But even if it doesn't work into your plans next year, that you um, you find your way back to Hurricane, West Virginia, at some point in the future. Yeah, we loved it. We loved it. We'll be back. Yeah, awesome. Well, so Abigail, Michael, thank you all. And I'll wrap this up just saying um, next year on September 7th, 2024 is the third edition of the Hurricane 100K. So on behalf of our MMTA events team of Ashley, the workhorse, our co-chair, Brandon, Hager, Stewart's, Robert, Vanessa, and Tara. My name is Matt Young, and we'll see you out there. Thank you.